Hola amigos y amigas, les damos la bienvenida a un nuevo episodio de A Zero to A Hero. Saludos a todo el mundo. ¿Cómo estás, Katrina? Excelente. ¿Y tú, Héctor? De lujo. ¿Qué significa de lujo? De lujo can be literally translated as of luxury, but it means I'm doing great. De lujo. I like it. Yeah. As a matter of fact, now that we are in 2020, I wanted to ask you about your resolutions for this year. Last year, you decided to jump into learning Spanish and you have been making progress ever since. What are your resolutions regarding your Spanish learning? Well, of course, I want to continue learning Spanish and I would now like to put more emphasis on to pronunciation, improving my pronunciation. Uh, pronunciation is one of my favorite topics. I should be able to help. Muy bien. I would really like to improve rolling my R's and brush up on all the other tricky sounds. Great. I think it's a good idea to go through the most difficult sounds for English speakers. What do you think? Me gusta. The main difficulty English speakers face is that the English language just has way more sounds than Spanish, which does sometimes cause problems when you're trying to recognize different sounds and, in consequence, how to pronounce them. I completely agree with you. Sometimes when we are learning a language, we forget that one of the challenges that we have is that we cannot even differentiate one sound from the other. Or even if we do, we don't really know how to position our mouth to produce the sound at hand. Agreed. My main issues are that there are sounds that aren't available to me in English. And on the other hand, those which are somewhat similar but not quite the same. I think that's even more confusing. And the English vowel system makes everyone include sounds that aren't even in the words or the sentences to, to be read easily. So things are not written or pronounced as they they look on paper. And that's what we'll be talking about in this episode. Yes, and I ran a short survey among some of my English-speaking friends that have studied Spanish throughout their lives, and I have a list of sounds I would like to go through, if you don't mind, Hector. Ah, good idea. So let's start with the differences in pronunciation of the vowel sounds. I remember that on one of our previous episodes, you mentioned that it's important to keep the same mouth position when pronouncing vowels in Spanish. Indeed. Vowels in Spanish are less dynamic than in English, and there are only five vowel sounds. I will say the sound isolated, and then a well-known city or country as an example. Perfect. The first sound is A. Atlanta. A. Atlanta. The second one, E. Edimburgo. E. Edimburgo. Very good. E, Italia. E, Italia. One more. O, Orlando. O, Orlando. And the last one. U, Uruguay. U, Uruguay. Exactly. Very good. Perfect. One other difference that I've noticed between the sound systems in English and Spanish is the intonation patterns. Indeed. In English, the duration of some vowel sounds is shortened. A good example is what we've, one we've just said, Atlanta. Yes, the sound of the first and last A's is not the same as the one in the middle. Yeah, true. Atlanta. 
Yeah. Mm. In Spanish, vowels are not reduced in the same way, so you produce the same sound every time. Atlanta. Atlanta. Very good. But it's also a good way of dealing with long or difficult words. Separate them into syllables and then put them back together. First as a single word and then in a sentence. We'll practice a few sentences during our challenge. Okay, so to summarize some of the vowel sections so far, we covered five vowel sounds. A as in Atlanta. E as in Edimburgo. I as in Italia. O as in Orlando. And U as in Uruguay. That's correct. Remember, dear listeners, that the letter H in Spanish does not have a sound. So in words such as Hamburgo, Hamburg, or Honduras, Honduras, you jump directly to the vowel and pretend as though the H does not exist. That's true. We've had some other examples of this in phrases that we've already covered, such as hola or hasta pronto. Yes, exactly. It's always good to have these words in your pocket to illustrate how letters are pronounced in a language. So you can always refer back when needed. True. I think this is a good idea. I think it's also sometimes good as well as repetition and speaking out loud to have some words jotted down. I guess it depends what kind of learner you are, visual or not. But I, I think to have a list of basic phrases that you can look at now and again is also a big help. Yes, that's correct. And that, that also helps you to practice uh, with your tongue and moving differently. So, very good. So, what consonant sounds would you like to review, Katrina? Well, I was just thinking about what we've said about the letter H. And in Spanish, you do have a similar sound of the H in Honduras, don't you? We do. It is represented by the letter J. So, instead of Jamaica, in Spanish, you say Jamaica. Jamaica. Exactly. The sound is similar to the sound of the letter H in house, but by stressing the back of your throat a little bit more. Jamaica. Jamaica. Very good. You can also find this sound when the letter G combines with the letter E, as in the name Gerardo. Gerardo. And with the letter I, as in the city of Gibraltar. Ooh, quite hard. Gibraltar. Very good. And I guess the same uh, can be said for some different cities. So there's uh, Japan would be Japón. Very good. And Jordan, Jordania. Mm -hmm. As well as Georgia, Georgia. Oh, wow. You've been doing some homework. Yes, I have. A double G. <laughs> good. So um, shall we go on to the next sound? We should, and I can imagine this might be an issue for a lot of English people because in English, a single and a double L has exactly the same sound. Good. Let's start with single L, shall we? Yes. So in English, you use different parts of the tongue to produce the L sound. In Spanish, you only use the tip of the tongue, correct? That's correct. And the sound is the same regardless of where the L is. For example, at the beginning, in the word Libano, or... In the middle, in the word Colombia. So, Libano, Colombia. Mm -hmm. Okay, so even though they're not entirely the same, they are close enough to be understood. So, 
people shouldn't have a problem understanding. Totally. And at Babbel, we do love language diversity. We do. Now, regarding double L, the sound changes. For example, the city of Seville is Sevilla in Spanish. Sevilla. Exactly. The sound is very similar as that you find with the letter Y in yellow. Yellow Sevilla. Mm-hmm. And is the sound of the letter Y in Spanish the same as in yellow too? Yes. At the beginning of words, both the double L and Y are very similar. Although in some regions, like in Argentina or Uruguay, they produce a sound that is more similar to the S found in the word vision or the SH in show. Let's listen to an example. Me llamo Jonathan. Wow, that is quite different. And so the letter Y nonetheless has the sound. I, the same we find in the word Italia, when it appears isolated or at the end of a word, doesn't it? Yes. Let's listen to an example of this. Soy Eloy y soy de Jujuy. Soy Eloy y soy de Jujuy. Exactly. Okay, so maybe we can take a look at another sound. In the last episode, we went through the conjugation of the verb vivir. And when I put that into practice, I was told that vivir was actually pronounced vivir with a B sound. Is that true? Strictly speaking, the Spanish language does not have the sound V. So it is true that the verb vivir is commonly pronounced with a B sound. Although language contact between English and Spanish, mainly within the Hispanic community in the US, has blurred the lines a lot. And it is also not so uncommon to hear this sound, especially in songs. Even me, as a native speaker, I mix them. Although normally any ambiguities become clearer in context. Well, that's true. Everybody does understand when I say yo vivo as opposed to yo vivo. But then taking an example from our previous episodes, the correct pronunciation would be yo vivo in Berlin. Yes. Again, strictly speaking, there is a difference in how you articulate both sounds. The letter B requires you to actually put your lips together. Some examples would be Baltimore, Berlin, Bulgaria. And in comparison to the English B, the sound is softer, not as explosive. Berlin. Berlin. And in English would be Berlin. Berlin. Yeah, there's a much more explosive feeling. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Whereas with the letter V... The sound flows through a tiny opening between your lips. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Vivir. Vivir. Exactly. We can contrast these two sounds with the phrase Yo vivo en Berlín. Yo vivo en Berlín. Very good. It really does make a difference when you try to put all the sounds together. Yes, as we did with conjugations in pronunciation, it is important to put those sounds into context. Isolating them will help us practice the correct articulation and train our mouth how to move. And putting them together will help us emulate the characteristic melody of the language we're learning. This is a very good point. I think it's also important to point out, though, that at the beginning, these pronunciation sounds can be quite tricky to get your head around, to get them all correct. And the main goal is still conversation. So if you're understandable with some practice and some correction over time, I think it's nothing to be ashamed of. Everybody has 
slight bits of accent and hangovers from your native language that are not actually awful points to carry over into learning a new language. We all have accents, yes. I know as well a lot of English speakers out there would like to learn how to roll their R's correctly. But before we jump into the hottest pronunciation topic, let's review a few other sounds from the letters C, S and Z. Yeah, I have noticed that you go more for a European pronunciation in Spanish. For example, I say zapato and you say... Zapato. <laughs> yeah, so in European Spanish, the letter Z always takes that sound. Mm, we also have that sound in English. For example, in the word think, that's why I think it's easier for me and it helps me remember how the word is written. This sound is also pronounced when the letter C combines with the letter E or I. As in cerveza and gracias. Indeed. In most parts of Latin America, those letters and their combinations have been unified under one sound. One sound to rule them all. Yeah, and that is the sound So, in Latin America, I would say cerveza and gracias. That is correct. And in these circumstances, what's more recommendable, Hector? As a learner, always aim for intelligibility. Whatever makes your message more comprehensible, depending on the communicative situation you are in. I would agree. When I first moved to Italy, my Italian was shockingly awful, but uh, I was living in Florence and there's a very distinct accent there that I hadn't been aware of before. And uh, I picked up a lot of it by accident just by living there. And um, speakers of Italian, Italian native speakers from different regions in the country would make fun of me in a nice way for adopting the Florentine accent. But it was actually a nice conversation opener. So it was a good way of making friends, talking about language, talking about the differences and helps you to, to learn much more about cultures and different areas of any country. And everybody could understand you nonetheless. Of course, yeah. So intelligibility was still there and communication wasn't a problem. So don't be afraid of having an accent. Uh, one other sign that we don't have in English is the letter N. As you said, this is a sound that is not in the English language. It is pretty nasal, very similar to the sound you find in canyon. ¿Y cómo se dice canyon en español? Cañón. Ah, un cañón español. Very good. <laughs> okay, and now the time has come to address the pronunciation of the dreaded letter R. Let's jump into it. The Spanish R can be pronounced in two different ways. To illustrate this, we are going to use two different words that vary in just one sound. Cero. Zero. Cerro. A hill. Coro. Choir. Corro. I run. Caro. Expensive. And carro. Car. As we can see in the examples, the double R has a stronger sound. Oh dear Hector, so how do we go about practicing this sound? For this episode, we invited one of our experts at Babbel, Todd Ayersman. He's the team lead of the English team and he also happens to be a pronunciation expert. Welcome, Todd. Hello. Thanks for having me. What could you tell us about rolling R's from the perspective of an American English speaker? Can you give our listeners some additional tips? Sure. Well, first of all, I think uh, one of the tricky things is that learning the Spanish rolling R is basically like learning a completely different sound. Um, 
our R in in English, so-called retroflex R, uh, is almost like a vowel, whereas um, the Spanish articulation is a flap of the tongue, basically, in the front of the mouth. So I think this important starting point is is tongue position. I think the best advice is basically to to really consciously feel where your tongue is located in your mouth because you're learning a new sound that doesn't exist in English. So you have to kind of start from those absolute basics. Okay. So one one little test. Can you roll your R's? Okay. Let's, so let's see if I can do it myself here. So first we're going to try touching the tip of the tongue to the roof of the mouth and blowing the air past. It sounds something like this. And then I'm going to close the tongue off. And then you're, there you can hear the the, to, the tip of the tongue flapping off the roof. Nice. <laughs> Perro. Very good. Okay, good. So um, I think this is going to be very helpful for people to be more aware of how they have to put their tongue in their mouths, how they have to place their tongue and how to let the air flow so that they can successfully produce the sound. Sure thing. Thanks a lot, Todd. You're welcome. My pleasure. Now, let's contrast these two sounds with the minimal pairs we presented previously. Cero. Cero. Cerro. Cerro. Coro. Coro. Corro. Corro. Caro. Caro. Carro. Carro. Okay, and here I'd like to add that even if you've got a strong English accent, based on my own experience, you can still definitely make the sounds to a good enough degree to communicate. Practicing sounds individually and then putting them together is definitely a help in making yourself understood more easily and more efficiently. But I think it's here that you don't want to be or concentrate so much on being such a perfectionist up to the point that you're not willing to speak or give it a go just because you don't feel confident about your pronunciation. That is very true. Be bold when you speak and be humble to keep on learning. That is our motto here at Babbel. We like encouraging people to go out and discover the joy of speaking another language. On this episode, we have gone through the fundamentals of pronunciation. This is a topic we could talk about extensively, but then we wouldn't have time for a challenge. Yes, it is now time for the challenge. So, what do you have for me today, Hector? Well, as I said, it is important to put these sounds into context. So I have a few phrases here that combine the sounds that we have reviewed today. You can try any of the variations that we have discussed in this episode. Are you ready? Ready as always. Okay, let's start with the first one. And it talks about Scotland. Escocia es parte del Reino Unido. Escocia es parte del Reino Unido. Very good. The second phrase is Uruguay está en Sudamérica. Uruguay está en Sudamérica. Mm -hmm. The third one is Logroño es una ciudad de España. Logroño es una ciudad de España. Perfect. La vida en Berlín es fabulosa. La vida en Berlín es fabulosa. Mm -hmm. La Alhambra Está en Granada. La Alhambra está en Granada. Mm, very good. Avellaneda está en Buenos Aires, Argentina. Avellaneda, 
correcto? Avellaneda. Avellaneda está en Buenos Aires, Argentina. Mm -hmm. Very good. El Cerro de la Bufa está en el centro de Zacatecas. El Cerro de la Bufa está en el centro de Zacatecas. Mm -hmm. Very good. And the last one. Barranquilla es una ciudad colombiana. Barranquilla es una ciudad colombiana. Excellent. Whew. <laughs> okay, so how do you feel? Feel good. That went pretty well. Yeah. I think we might have cracked pronunciation. We, we, we need some victory music, please. Let the victory music sound. How do you feel after the challenge, Katrina? Very good. Muy bien. I feel like I might have cracked Spanish pronunciation. Yes, and I hope that we have addressed all your pronunciation pain points, dear listeners. If you do still have any questions or suggestions, remember that you can contact us via email at podcasting at babble.com. And don't forget to leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Gracias por escucharnos. Hasta luego. <laughs>